Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? Good, awake, ready, excited. I am as well, and I hope you are too. Um, like my husband said, my name is Pastor Amy, and I have the privilege of sharing our final part of our Summer Stories series. And so we've been looking at all stories that Jesus shared as he walked this earth. And so I'm excited to be um, sharing the final story this week with you all. But before we get started, you may or may not know today is day one of our 21 days of prayer. So for the next 21 days, our church collectively will be going after God in just a, a fast and hard way, saying, Lord, we are coming to you each and every day and just just saying, seek and search my heart and praying big prayers. So today, that kicks off the next 21 days. And you can go online every morning, and there'll be live stream services for you to enjoy and start your day off in prayer and in worship and seeking God's face. Because I know that when I start my day off that way, I have a much different day than when I start my day off with all my to-dos and my whole list and my worries. It's so much different. So we're just going to take these next 21 days to start off our day in prayer. And so my hope and prayer for our church is that we would continue to go after God. We would be praying for one another. I pray for the, the church as a whole, the capital C church, the church around the world, that we would stand in unity and trust and have our faith grow um, in who knowing who Jesus is. So actually, Jesus, he gave us an example of prayer when he walked this earth in the Lord's Prayer. You may or may not be familiar with the Lord's Prayer. So when you feel like you don't know how to pray, I encourage you, jot this down. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And this is what Jesus said. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You may be familiar with this. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. And this is the part I want us to stop and reflect on. And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I have a question. Does anyone have some debt? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm going to raise mine. I have some debt. Uh, it's called, oh, I'm not going to tell you what it's called. Now. So <laughs> prior to working here, I went to school at Dowling College, and I taught students with autism for many years. It was my passion. I loved it. I would look around my classroom and say, God, wow, I'm here. I did it. I made it to where I knew you wanted me. And then he said, hey, you're going to go <laughs> and be a pastor with your husband. So I went on the, the journey with him. But after receiving my master's degree at Dowling College, I had a lot of the S word, 
student loans, okay? You thought I was going to say something else, but I wasn't. <laughs> so here we are, 10 years later, paying off my student loans. And so just a quick financial tip. If you haven't explored Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey, I just encourage you to search it and look it up because it is the best biblical financial advice you can receive. And so he is teaching people like you and I to live in a debt-free way. And so just today, for argument's sake, let's say Sally Mae called me up and they said, Amy, guess what? The rest of your student loan debt is completely forgiven. <laughs> Not just forgiven, it's completely forgotten. I'd probably just stand there speechless, right? And I'd be like, why? They'd say, the president of the company, he decided to absorb your debt. He actually has set you free from paying it back. He was feeling really compassionate, and he wanted to demonstrate grace to you. So he said, Amy does not have to pay her debt back. And that would be just blowing me away. I would be overjoyed, right? If you had an experience like that, how would you feel? It would be a miracle. We would throw a party and celebrate that. That's a big deal. Because if you had an experience like that before, you wouldn't walk away the same person your heart might kind of skip a beat. You might smile randomly when you think about the fact that your debt has been forgotten. And so today, we're going to look at a parable that Jesus about forgiveness. And so we've been saying every week, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And most of Jesus' parables started off this way. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he would proceed to share with his listeners the story that had um, earthly contacts so they would understand it, but then it would have a heavenly meaning. And so if we don't take a minute before we start listening and just reading Jesus' stories to pray and ask, the Lord for us to have ears to hear. We might miss it. We might just listen and see the earthly meaning and not the heavenly message. So would you repeat this with me? Jesus, give me ears to hear. Amen. A simple prayer, yet powerful, when our heart is softened to listening to God's voice. So today we're going to go to Matthew chapter 18. It is the first book in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, and it recounts Jesus' life. And so we get a glimpse of what it looked like when Jesus walked this earth and how he taught. And often he would walk around and people would ask him questions after question after question, asking, trying to learn, take it all in. How could his answers change my life? And so, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, right? Kind of like my children, always asking me questions. And so, we're going to jump down to verse 21. Peter. Peter came to Jesus, a simple fisherman, and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? 
And so Peter, he would have known the Jewish law. And he would have known that in the Jewish law, three times was acceptable. So he's like, I'm going to double it and then add one. And then Jesus is going to really think that I'm super kind and I'm super forgiving. And he's going to be blown away with how many times I'm forgiving my brother or sister who sins against me. And so before we read the next verse, which is Jesus' response, we have to go back in time. We have to go back in time to my 90s childhood home. Yes, come with me. Ready? Here we go. And we're going to go to the library because that's where I would go as a child. And we're going to check out some VHS tapes. Do you guys all remember those VHS tapes? And if you didn't remind them, you would get in trouble, right? So I would go to the library and we would always get VeggieTales. Every time. Every time. I'm a product of 90s Christian home VeggieTales without a doubt. That's where I learned a lot of Bible stories, and so we're going to watch in adult church Veggie Tales this morning because when I heard and read through this parable, when Jesus is being asked, How many times should I forgive? I could not get Junior Exparius out of my head, okay? I just saw it in my head. I was like, I ha we have to find this, and I found it. So we're going to watch a clip where Junior Exparius, he's getting in, um, not into trouble, he's getting made fun of over and over and over. And he asks our question that we're discovering today, how many times should I forgive them? And so Bob the tomato, you guys know what I'm talking about, and Larry the cucumber, he's gonna, they're going to help us answer that question for us and Junior today. So let's take a, take a look at this clip. Junior, when we do bad things, it hurts God's feelings too. God wants us to tell him we're sorry. The Bible says when we tell God we're sorry, he will always forgive us. No matter what? No matter what. Wow! That's right. And because God always forgives us, we need to forgive others when they hurt our feelings, too. Well, how many times am I supposed to forgive them? Um, well, uh, Bob? Gee, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <gasps> Let's ask QWERTY. Hey, QWERTY! Can you help us? We need to know how many times we're supposed to forgive people, according to the Bible. Maybe, uh, seven times? Matthew 18, 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven. Oh, seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. I see. Um, do you know what seventy times seven is? Nope. How about you? Nope. Well, does anybody know what 70 times... Do you know what 70 times 7 is? <laughs> um, you know, we won't tell the kids over there how much you guys enjoyed that, okay? We'll just keep that between us. So there we have it, my childhood, Bob the tomato and Larry the cucumber. And so we're going to go back into God's word, the verse that they read off of that, like, ancient computer, right? Matthew 18, verse 22, then Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And some other um, translations say 70 times seven. And so Jesus was not giving his listeners a math equation, right? I think we all picked up on that. He was, he was giving more than that. It wasn't just a rule to follow. 
Jesus was telling Peter and the other listeners and us today how important forgiveness is. And so then Jesus goes on after answering this question to give a story to illustrate his point. So in verse 23, this is what Jesus starts to say. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the master, ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So let's take a minute. This is a story with earthly context, but it has a heavenly meaning. And Jesus uses some characters here. He uses a king who was rich, who had some servants serving him, and then servants who owed the king, who were, was in debt to the king. And so Jesus says the man owed this king 10,000 bags of gold. So for us, we just hear that and we're like, okay. But to really try to calculate it, into what it would equal today. It's pretty hard, but I looked up some um, commentaries on it and said that it would maybe equal $3,600,000,000. So clearly, Jesus was using some exaggeration in his story. His listeners would understand that's an astronomical amount of debt. That's much, 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 much more than my student loans. Trust me. It's beyond comprehension debt. And so one translation said that 10,000 talents would, one talent would equal 20 years of labor. So if he owed 10,000, 10,000 talents or 10,000 bags of gold, he would have to work for 200,000 years to pay it off. That is a long time. He could actually never pay this debt. And so Jesus' listeners would understand that there was only a miracle that would happen in order for his debt to be paid in full. And so the king orders what any king would order. He has to be no longer free. Him and his family, they are now bound to this debt, and they that's it. That's the rest of their lives. Surely their debt would outlive them. And so let's read on. Verse 26. At this at the news, the servant fell to his knees before him. And he said, be patient with me. He begged. And I will pay everything back. And the servant's master, he took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Like, what? Hold the phone. Like, what just happened? It's like Sally Mae calling me and, and saying, Amy, your debt is canceled, right? It would be a miracle. Please cancel my debt. Please, he begged him. And so in this moment, was the king demonstrating forgiveness that was 70 times 7? Yeah, he sure was. He was absorbing the debt. He was taking the hit on himself so the servant didn't have to pay it back. It was a dramatic illustration that Jesus used here 
to describe forgiveness. Can you imagine how that servant felt after he got up off his knees from begging? Remember the characters, the king and the servants. And so the king representing God and the servants representing us. So in that moment, that servant, he was free. True freedom. Life-changing freedom. Indescribable freedom. Freedom from what had him bound up. Freedom from his wrong choices, freedom from missteps, from his moments of failure, from what kept him up all night long. Surely that servant felt free in that moment. And so in Romans, we read that Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we have to understand this morning that sin, it creates a debt between us and God. But God, he cancels that debt. He absorbs it by sending Jesus to die on the cross. And salvation now, it's free to us. We get to live in that freedom that should give us so much joy. But surely we must understand that it wasn't free for Jesus. It costs God his one and only son. And so in Jesus' story, the servant, he went from dead, remember, 200,000 years of work, to alive because of the compassion of the king. Because the king absorbed the debt. He took the hit instead of the servant, and he set him free. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, we read, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So in Jesus' illustration, we see that servant fall to his knees, and there is just a moment of complete surrender. Please, he begged. He recognized he was unworthy. He recognized he didn't deserve the king's patience or his faithfulness, but he begged for forgiveness. He begged for patience. And maybe this morning, in this moment, you're recognizing that you haven't begged him. You haven't fallen to your knees in complete surrender yet. And maybe today, is the start of freedom for you. When you get back up, you leave here with joy. You leave here free from what has been bounding you up for so long. And so John chapter 8, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Because freedom, it always costs someone something. And when the king freed the servant, he absorbed his debt. He lost trillions or whatever the amount was, right? Because forgiveness means I absorb the debt. Our sin, it doesn't just poof, disappear. To forgive, Jesus had to pay the price with his precious blood. And so we're going to work off this definition of forgiveness today. It's extremely important 
as we continue to read the parable in Jesus' words. So let's jump into Matthew 18, verse 21. But when that servant went out, so the forgiven, free servant, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and began to choke him and said, pay back what you owe me. Hold on a second. Didn't we just read that Jesus said that this servant received a miracle in his life? That he was forgiven an astronomical amount of debt, a blessing. His family and his life was restored. And now he's going out and demanding a small debt to be paid back to him. Now, Jesus' listeners, they would have made that comparison very quickly. The first servant owed the king trillions and trillions. Now, the second servant owes the first servant just a few thousand dollars. Yet, he's choking him to death. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged the first servant, be patient with me. I will pay it back. Didn't we just hear those words? Yeah, it should grab our attention. Jesus is using the same words the first servant said. Be patient with me. I will pay it back. In verse 30, he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he can pay it back. And so I know we're all kind of like paused <laughs> in reflection and maybe our hearts feel a little heavy and a little confused. Like, wasn't that first servant just forgiven? And now he's going out and choking someone to death because he wasn't able to show and demonstrate forgiveness. And remember the Lord's prayer in Matthew we, we pray this and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. But do we? Do we? We pray this prayer, but do we actually forgive our debtors? And so I'm in the same boat as you all this morning. I pray this over my life because it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit helping me to forgive others 70 times 7. Better yet, Jesus is saying, forgive without keeping count. He's not actually saying 70 times 7. You are to forgive others in the same way our Heavenly Father has forgiven you. Ephesians 4, verse 32 be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And one commentary I read it said, Be, being kind and tender-hearted and forgiving flows from constantly remembering that God first forgave us 
and that we need his forgiveness, just as we read in the Lord's Prayer. And so today, if you're struggling with forgiveness, you're in the right place. <laughs> you could look around, and you're going to find 100% of all the people in here are struggling with forgiveness. But have you reminded your heart of God's forgiveness for you? Often in my life, I realize when it's really hard for me to forgive someone again, it's probably because I stepped back from the truth of God forgiving me and paying for my sin and that I'm forgiven through him. So we need this truth every day, daily. We need to remind our hearts. And so for the believer today, I pray your challenge, just as I am, to daily remember Christ's forgiveness and in turn forgive others without keeping count. And if you haven't surrendered to Jesus today, my hope is that this beautiful message of forgiveness would point you towards his freedom and would intrigue you to say, how can I live this way? I want to live this way. And so in closing, we're going to read the finale of Jesus' stories. Matthew 18, verse 31. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master, he called the servant in, and he says, you wicked servant. I canceled that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And so that final verse should humble us all. When we look at Jesus' words, but remember, God is loving. God is holy. And that's why following Jesus, it's a life of full surrender to him. The only proof that a person has received God's forgiveness through faith is a changed person. The ESV Study Bible says a transformed heart must result in a changed life that offers the same mercy, the same forgiveness that has been received from God. Someone who does not grant forgiveness to others shows that his own heart has not experienced God's forgiveness. Throughout scripture, the heart refers the center of one's being, including one's reason, emotions, and will. And so, unfortunately, far too many of us we are that first servant. We beg God to forgive us in our time of need, in our time of crying out to him, and yet we hold grudges, <laughs> we're bitter, and we hold forgiveness, unforgiveness in our hearts towards our brothers and sisters. And so in verse 32, Jesus gave that servant a name change. He says, you wicked servant. The fact that the servant was forgiven this enormous amount of debt and was unwilling to forgive just a small, tiny amount of debt 
it revealed his true heart. It revealed wicked character. And you and I both know when we hold onto unforgiveness, it's wicked, it's gross, it's nasty. And so why live this way? Why do we live as forgiving, as thinking forgiveness is optional for us? If you Google forgiveness, like I did, you'll find a whole bunch of great ideas on forgiveness. There's articles about forgiveness, about the power of forgiveness. And it's no secret that the world around us values forgiving others. But if we look closer to how they say forgiveness should be valued, it does not match up God's definition of forgiveness. PositivePsychology.com says forgiveness is not pardoning, condoning, excusing an offense, or forgetting about it. But yet, we learned this morning that Jesus says we are to forgive without keeping count. And 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, love keeps no record of wrong. Jesus says that when we understand the forgiveness we receive from God's love, then we can actually forgive others as if it was the first time you were forgiving that again. And so this is tense and this is hard to live out especially if you're carrying some deep wounds here this morning. Maybe it was abuse or ne neglect is in your past. Maybe a former spouse cheated on you or keeps hurting you over and over. Or children have broken your trust. Employers maybe lied or you've experienced what it feels like to be mistreated. How do we forgive the way God is calling us to? And so I want us to go back to Matthew 18, verse 33. Jesus was saying in his story, shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? One quote I read about this verse said that awareness should humble us so that we simply have no other option but to be forgiving to others from our heart. Father, forgive us for when we do not forgive others. It's a prayer I pray often, and I encourage you to pray as well. And so before we respond and worship in song, maybe as you listened to this parable, this earthly story with a heavenly meaning, you thought, surely, Jesus does not expect me to forgive that person. And can I tell you, he sure does. Luke chapter 17, his apostles had the same response. Because Jesus, he teaches on forgiveness over and over throughout the Gospels. And so this is what the apostles say when Jesus says, yes you are to forgive them again. Increase our faith. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can surely say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it 
will obey you. So Jesus' followers, they respond, increase our faith. And today, if you find yourself struggling with forgiving without keeping count, may you fall to your knees and say to God, increase my faith. And over these next 21 days, as we go and pray every morning and seek God's face, maybe this is the, the time that you are free from that unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe it's the, the time that you let go of it and you truly live in a way where you can forgive others without keeping count. And so I would love, if you can, stand with me now because I would love to take the next few minutes to pray and then invite the worship team up and we'll respond in song after this prayer and so maybe you haven't thought about this in a while actually maybe you've just gone through life not really thinking about that you're holding unforgiveness in your heart that you're holding um small debts to others and so maybe today you pray Lord I, I absorb that debt and I let that person just go free from it because you absorbed my debt that's truly truly the only way we are able to forgive without keeping count so join me as I pray Father we come to you today knowing that you are able to work a miracle in our lives, in our relationships, Lord. But first, we thank you and cry out to you in praise for sending your son, Jesus, to absorb our debt, to pay the price, to take it on so we didn't have to. So we didn't have to experience a life separated from you. So, Lord, I pray this morning that our faith increases, that we know that it's by the power of your Holy Spirit that we could forgive others without keeping count. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your story this morning. It's still working miracles here in the year 2022. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here listening and online that they would feel encouraged, that they would feel so much love that you pour out on us that as we sing and worship and reminded that we forgive because you first forgave, Lord, I pray it transforms our hearts here this morning, that we leave here changed, that we leave here empowered, knowing that this isn't easy, Lord, but if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. So this morning, I pray for every person that they would encounter you in a supernatural way, Lord and that they would be soft to receive your freedom here at Blaze Church. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.